My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today we are talking about psychological safety as a path to freedom. I'm talking with Cassie Alexander. She's a safety expert who helps parents and children lead more intentional and safer lives. And um, really cool aspect of what Cassie is doing is working to start that, that idea of intentional and conscious living early on in life and, and instilling parents, but also children. And now she's talking about going into even, you know, teens and, you know, going into um, helping kids really start thinking more intentionally about not only their safety, because when they start to think about that physical safety and, and even emotional safety, then they start making much safer decisions throughout their life. And, and sa by safer, I mean wiser, because, you know, sometimes we talk about leaving the comfort zone and that's something we need to do. But before that, to have that safe foundation in our root, we must um, have that sense of safety within ourselves and be able to trust ourselves and, and take care of ourselves. So I'm really excited to hear more about what Cassie does and, and why she's doing it, what brought her to this work. Um, so welcome, Cassie. How are you today? Hi, thanks for having me, Molly. I'm really excited to be here. And, you know, it's a beautiful day. I'm, I'm doing really well. Good. I'm glad <laughs> to hear it. Yes, it how is. About, how about you, my friend? Oh, it's lovely here. Yeah, springtime. Spring is a spring in. We've got our blooming trees. I'm looking at a papaya tree outside. The sun is shining and yeah, life is good. So thanks for asking. Excellent. Yeah, of course. Cool. So why don't you share a little bit more about, you know, this is a calling for you. This is not like, um, yeah, I've, I've never heard of it before. And, and yet, you know, you've created this and, and been called into this work very specifically. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking, gosh, I've always wished for emotional intelligence classes in school or, you know, emotional relation classes. And, and here you're talking about making safer choices and just intrinsically, um, you know, teaching people to think a little bit different about their safety. And, and those, these are the things maybe we should um, <laughs> try to get, get the school system to change it all up and, and here, just fill <laughs> half the day with this stuff and leave the rest. No, I'm just all kidding. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so, so can you just share a little bit about what you do, like more details about how you do this work? Yeah, absolutely. I love to. Um, so my favorite way to uh, kind of bring this work to individuals and especially to, to families is uh, through experiential training. And so what that means and how that works is I am a little backstory. I am an aerialist. So think circus, ribbons, you know, cool. um, hula hoops <laughs> in the sky. We call them liras, um, that kind of thing. And so through that, I have reconnected with myself and found that there's a lot of power in movement and using movement to help us connect to not only our own bodies, but to other people around us and to an experience that's going on around us. And so the way that my trainings typically go is I set up an aerial ring before everybody gets there and have um, some apparatus set up to let them physically interact 
and start to break some of the barriers around physical safety because it's scary to go upside down for the first time or just mm -hmm. to be even two feet off the ground, right? Is it, it, there's a part of our brains that immediately reacts and goes, ah, <laughs> this is a terrible idea. And so through those experiences, people are able to break through their own barriers. And at the same time, we're in a collective group, we're talking about safety, we're really having that you know, experience wound up in thinking about what are the things I need to do in every space that I walk into to make sure that I'm taken care of. And you know, that's what really drew me to the work is the fact that there are so many spaces we walk into as individuals that are not, that we're not thinking about our safety, that we're just relying on the people that hold up the institution, you know, be it a hospital or a uh, restaurant or a movie theater or even our workplaces, right? We, we expect that safety to be kind of like built in or we have at least in a lot of ways, let that be one of the lowest priority things to think about. And that leads to <laughs> all kinds of issues, right? Um, and so, yeah, with, with the trainings, we really do just try to get people to really get into their bodies and then start to pull these concepts and this information. And, you know, from that standpoint, the information that, that is delivered, it really depends on the organization and what the goals are. Um, it can be tailored in a lot of different ways. So if it's, you know, a team building kind of exercise, it looks a little different than if it's an OSHA style training where we're bringing in some of the specific physical safety requirements. And so that's sort of the, the distinction. And, and it's a lot of fun because I really do get to take kind of a white glove approach to the organization and really look at, okay, what are the challenges? What are the opportunities? How can we utilize this conversation to help? accelerate where you guys are headed. Yeah, that's awesome. And and it's it is very true as as it's been said many times we live in this very lit litigious society, you know, so it's like this um, you know, I guess some some folks may wander around going, yeah, it's just it's just a, it's taken for granted that everything should be safe that, you know, that piece of metal hanging off the door, you know, whatever, just open the door. Don't don't worry about it. It should be fine because someone's checking on it. And right. and a lot of people don't think about that that no one is really checking on these things. Sometimes you have to be the one to say, "Hey, this thing is wrong over here. It needs to be fixed." Mm -hmm. And and be the one that says something instead of, you know, uh, letting it go and go and go. I know I've worked in some places where I just rolled my eyes every day. <laughs> <laughs> with the, yep. the 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 amount of cleanup that needed to be done and, and fixing things back in my early years and it was just so frustrating but you know it's a um it's a it's a state of consciousness for some people yeah. and it sounds like you're going in working to raise that state of consciousness on that we're talking root chakra stuff like just physical safety and and yeah. thinking of your tribe around you and making sure they're safe too so what what is it that called you to the, this work yeah, uh, you know, right. being an aer aerialist, definitely you like to push the edges. So, <laughs> so how did, how did yeah. it go from, I'm going to flip all over the place and almost, you know, <laughs> and scary buddy, I'm going to hit the floor to let me teach you how to be safe. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to explode your brain. I love it. Um, Do it. All of your brains rather. <laughs> um, so I started as a chemist and I actually have um, a couple of degrees in chemistry and work um, in research labs and really had a path laid out in front of me where I was going to be a PhD chemist and going to push through. So you talk about me pushing the boundaries. I did that in my chemistry lab too. I mean, I went to the safety meetings and learned about safety and, and implemented where I could, but 
I also wasn't afraid of the explosive materials I was using. You know, I was very much putting myself in a state of um, a state of lower safety while, you know, kind of managing it with this, you know, umbrella of safety trainings and whatever around it. Well, in that instance, the safety wasn't taken super seriously by the leadership, so the, the professor that I worked for. Um, and I saw the challenges that came with that, although I was 20 nothing and totally okay with not being safe. <laughs> that mm. wasn't, you know, we like think I was, about that when we're young, do we? Exa <laughs> well, we exactly. Should, obviously. <laughs> exactly. Like, and that's, you know, there are lasting things from my time in chemistry that, you know, I still don't know what exactly the repercussions of being exposed to XYZ chemicals for, you know, four years, what that really had, mm -hmm. has done to my internal system. And so, um, I, I definitely look back on that time and wish that I had had a better understanding of OSHA, a better understanding of what safety looked like and all of those kinds of things. And so that was sort of the starting place. I pivoted, decided that chemistry wasn't the direction that I wanted to keep going in my life. I knew that um, building a business was my path. And so I started doing that some in the background. Um, and there's another deeper story there that we can go into a little bit later, but ultimately I moved from my role as a student into a pharmaceutical, international, huge pharmaceutical company. They had great safety training um, and leadership wasn't actively involved. And I ended up injured doing the job. Um, I was afraid of workers comp. I was afraid of what all of that might look like. So I really shied away from doing anything about it. And I just took care of it on my own and didn't really say anything started to speak up for myself and got some like got a ladder and some things to like help make the job easier for me but it wasn't until after I was hurt that we started doing something about it so fast forward another couple of years and I'm working for a uh, startup company here in Austin and um, fabulous company doing really great work and their startup company they were small they didn't have a safety program um, I kind of started doing the safety stuff in addition to my role uh, but ultimately was injured in that role and really injured to the point that I spent four months in um, workers comp provided physical therapy. Mm -hmm. And so like, it was a, it was a really big, you know, and it's repetitive use injuries, which are, you know, some of the most common things yeah. that are really easy to prevent if we're having the right conversations, but really hard if we're not aware. And so mm -hmm. from that kind of process, I got to that last stage of where I actually left the company and, and started my own business. I, moved into a leadership role where safety and quality were, were two of my like primary objectives. And I found that I wasn't feeling psychologically safe. And this was a new concept for me uh, that I really didn't put together until after I had left the company, but I left because my mental health was in such disarray. The leadership was not aligned with the way that I saw safety. You know, they were very much that kind you're talking about, like not wanting to clean up the thing or not wanting to whatever. Um, or, or just a fundamental disagreement and every win that I got took, you know, 20 losses to get there. And it was just really, it was a really hard hill to push up. And that's where I saw like, there's a problem in this, in this space. Like we're, we're not thinking about safety in a way that's holistic. OSHA is missing something. We're talking about physical safety, but we're not talking about psychological safety. We're not talking about what the impact of having a manager that just, has all of those traits that cause you to feel insecure and unsafe 
Um, and, and I tend to use the word safe for everything. And, and I know there are better words, but it's just the way that my brain thinks about existing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that, that's really the journey, you know, is really just this uh, journey of self-discovery and injury. And then the last one, um, most recently, and what led me to think about kids, parents, families, and homes is, uh, an injury that I had at home. So I broke my leg on a pallet that was laying in the backyard. It got a little bit icy and I slipped on it and, you know, come to find out it was one of those situations where somebody had seen it, noticed that it was an issue and hadn't said anything and hadn't done anything about it. And I paid the, paid the price. You know, I didn't know that it had been slippery when it just had water on it. You know, I didn't know those kinds of things. And so I didn't even, granted, I also could have taken the opportunity to check for traction, but I was fat, I was moving fast and excited and, and I missed it. And, you know, we all are prone to do that. Even somebody like me that thinks about safety all the time. And I think that's where that awareness of like families were in our homes and there really is nobody else thinking about, you know, how we're doing from a safety perspective, maybe a, maybe a, uh, uh, security company coming to sell you cameras or something. But as far as like how we're establishing and setting up our lives, we don't have somebody to have a conversation with how to, you know, make sure that we're doing a, a hazard analysis appropriately, that we're doing our monthly safety checks and making sure things stay safe. And, you know, if you've got elderly, elderly folks in your home or little ones in your home, you've got a whole no- number of different safety concerns that you've got to think about, but there's a whole lot of time in between. That we're not talking about, you know, we're not having the conversation about how to make people more aware and and safer in their own space. Yeah, that makes total sense, and it's it's very very important. And because yeah, it's it's one thing to you know, oops, have a slip and fall, bang my elbow a little bit, but a slip and fall can cause a broken leg, can cause li- a back injury that lasts a lifetime, can cause so many things. I know um, I, I've shared on the show. I think I've shared on the show. I don't know. I share with my clients. I'm actually a skydiver, so we think about safety oh, nice. a lot. Believe <laughs> yep. it or not, <laughs> We're exactly. The, most of us uh, are, are. There's some that are not, but um, are some of the most safety conscious people around because you know that's our life in our hands. Every time we jump out of that plane, and so why not live life like that? You know, really like being a defensive driver, being someone who's really careful if you're working out or you're doing physical things. Um, you're going out in the woods, so make sure you. Have have what you need to stay safe and and think about that at all times. Um, As you say that, I want to jump in real quick, uh because what I hear you say is like, oh, we've got all of this mental energy we have to spend on thinking about our safety all the time. Right. Yeah, no, I didn't mean that. But yeah, it does sound like that. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. And I I get I get that. Like, I think that that's how most people feel, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of the the natural. And so I'm thinking about your your, the the folks that are listening and how you know, I don't want, I don't want them to hear you say that and go, oh gosh, this is too much. I can't even like, right. The, yeah. The sorry cool about thing, that. Is no, this guy no. ever coming out in me <laughs> to our emergency <laughs> checks three times before we get on the plane. Right. But, <laughs> but, but it takes think, five seconds. <laughs> and, and then, that, and that's the point that I wanted to, you know, just kind of the loop that I wanted to close was that we really do like, once you make it intrinsic, once it becomes just what you do, yeah. you don't think about it. Like I see fire extinguishers in every building that I walk into. And I know where they are and it's coming handy. And I don't have to think about the fact that I'm doing it. Like it's totally mm-hmm. just in my head. So once you once you make the habit, you know, internalized, just like with any other habit, it becomes second nature. And so I think that's and, and that's why aerialists and skydivers can do what we do because we learn it 
we internalize it because it's important for keeping ourselves alive. Nobody else is going to make sure that our parachute is exactly right, right? Or, or our aerial rig is exactly right. Like we have to do that for ourselves. And so we take a, a higher level of ownership. But again, it becomes second nature. Like, I don't think that hard when I'm rigging something and making sure that everything's right. Like, exactly. Yeah. So th I just wanted to throw that out there that it doesn't have to be hard. It can right. be something that you can take baby steps towards. And there are people like me that are out there to support. So it's also not something you have to do alone. Yeah, I love it. Good. Great point. Great point. Yeah, it did sound like <laughs> I'm like a little obsessed with it. Not really. But I mean, being I think uh, some of that comes from being a single woman for many years mm. and, and really thinking even, you know, living in an apartment, well, I'm going to live on the third floor just in case something happens, Amen. you know, mm. or, or whatever, you know, I've got a, a little bit of a plan. Well, I have a lot of a plan of something, you know, tries to break in. And so you, you start to, especially in early years for those in the early years that had either break ins in your car or or whatever you start to think that but then there's also going too far and, and thinking the world is an unsafe place right. and right. and sometimes as we know we don't want to manifest that unsafe experience all the time so <laughs> i think there is a sweet spot in between that and just you know yeah. having having that common wisdom or con common sense to 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 think about that when it's important but also not to let it take over your your choices you know to know right. if i'm going to do something that could put me in danger i'm going to do it as safely as possible or i'm going to i'm going to make exactly. sure that i'm protected and i have i have something going in so i love that and that awareness is is the first the first step Absolutely. sometimes the only step you need. So, yeah. um, so you mentioned that uh, your your biggest success in following your intuition and following your calling has been the leaps of faith that have led you to where you are mm -hmm. now. So can you share how you know, you, you leaped from, you know, chemistry to the pharmaceuticals to, you know, the the work that you're doing? Um, tell us about that journey for you, because a lot of times doubt and fear can get in the way mm -hmm. that feeling this is a good segue, the feeling of needing to stay safe, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of this kind of illusion of safety. Right. So yeah, the construct. Share, <laughs> yeah. Can you share how that showed up for you and how you you kind of got through that by trusting, trusting yeah. in your intuition? Absolutely. I love I love that question. I love that question from from the beginning. Um, so yeah, I oh, gosh, it's in, so it's interesting. I took a number of leaps of faith to get to where I'm at right now. Um, the first was leaving the chemistry department. Um, I, <laughs> once I had everything happen at school that happened that caused me to decide that, uh, that chemistry really wasn't the direction and that I needed to start a business and change the world. Um, I know lofty goals, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, that, that first leap of faith was leaving the chemistry department without my master's degree finished. Um, I jumped and went to university or to, to the pharmaceutical company um, and worked there and uh, within a year decided again that I needed another leap because this was too slow and so I went back to school even though it was really hard I wanted to finish the degree and you know so I did them both I worked that job and finished finished my degree and the next leap of faith was leaving that company leaving the pharmaceutical company is very uh, comfortable most of my friends that worked there then still work there. And, um, you know, it's just one of those places where it's, it's comfortable, you know what to expect. It's safe, you know, it's in that, it's in that box. And so the, <laughs> the conversation with, with moving from that or to that position is just that 
I needed, I needed to leave. You know, it was another situation where I needed to leave. The circumstances mm -hmm. had changed. It wasn't going to work for me. I needed to do something. And how did you and, know it was time? I think that's mm -hmm. a really, just so I want to, if you could take me back to that moment for those out there who are listening that they know they need to leave yeah, and follow okay. that calling. <laughs> so, so we're going to go, we're going to go deeper than we've gone. Um, I was in a, um, a relationship at the time and I, he and I worked at the same company and, um, we decided, well, I decided that my growth wasn't going to happen the way that I needed it to with him. Um, I had been given an opportunity to, to um, work as an assistant with a coach that I, and coach and mentor that I just loved. And, you know, I saw all of this potential and, you know, all of those kinds of things. And I knew that he would never be able to see it. And you know, he was so focused on how much money we made that it didn't matter, like, if I was miserable, <laughs> like I needed. And so ultimately I realized that I needed to leave that relationship. And um, in the process of that, uh, he showed a new side to himself. He, he was physically abusive. And um, so that was obviously destabilizing and unsafe. And so I got out of that house, um, still was working at the company, but he crossed a couple of lines at the company that made me feel like I just was really not safe. And, um, so at that point, that was when I, I had to tell my boss and between having that other potential opportunity and, um, and the, the lack of safety. And so I jumped, I totally jumped. I had no safety net, kind of like you, you jumping out of an airplane, right? Like that's how it felt. Um, I knew I couldn't stay and I knew I couldn't wait. Like I needed to do it then, um, which is not in my character to not give notice and, you know, do the whole thing. But it was just one of those situations where I was afraid of what might happen. And so I moved uh, about as like, about, I moved like an hour and a half and it's still in like the area, but I moved like an hour and a half away and I commuted um, for a while while I still worked there. And then I quit and was able to like translocate myself in a, into a totally different area of Austin. Um, and, and that, you know, that was really where the leap kind of happened. Like, okay, this has to happen and I have to figure it out. And I didn't have a home. I hadn't finished, you know, moving out of that space, but I found an apartment and figured out how to do it all by myself. And that was really you know, one of the first times in my life that I got to, um, you had to really spread my wings on my own. Like my apartment really felt like mine. I've always lived with one of my partners. I've been with him for uh, about four years, I think at that point. And so, yeah, it was just, it was just one of those things where, you know, the, the circumstances were definitely pointing me in the direction of like, it's time to go. And yeah. yeah. And you listened. Yeah, <laughs> which is scary. It. Like it was so, so yes. scary. So yeah. I, I worked with this this uh, woman that that I've been uh, mentored by, and it was fabulous. But it wasn't enough money. Like it wasn't enough to take care of all of the things that I. And so I was hustling and getting other other things. Ultimately, I ended up in the in a. Uh, uh, I took another leap that wasn't working. So I went back to the restaurant industry. Um, and that's where I segued into the, the startup company was, I was like, oh, there's restaurant thing isn't going to work. It's time to find another real job, but maybe I can do one that, you know, feels a little better and feels like I'm contributing more. And so I found a company that was, you know, totally within those sets of values and, and they nurtured me into, you know, who I like, I, I really grew a lot in that. But again, this was another leap. And then in April, um, of 2022, I took another leap and, that was having a conversation with my husband about the pros and cons of staying in this position and 
you know, the cons list just being so high and writing my letter that night and saying, I can't do this anymore. And, and so I, I did, I recognized and actually that same day, um, there had been one of those psychologically unsafe meetings that had happened. And I left, like I told them that I was not feeling well and that I needed to leave. And I spent the whole day taking care of myself. And that's where I kind of found that leap. And, and so like, back to your point about intuition, my intuition has taken me on every single one of these jumps. And by no means have they been easy, but every single time I've come to another level of myself. And that is the part that keeps driving me towards the leap. Yeah, I hear that. And, you know, for, I, I totally recognize your story because my leaving the corporate world was very similar. And I think okay. it's really interesting to share that for people who are dealing with things because sometimes you're really clear uh, about the psychological unsafety of where you are. And sometimes you've adjusted to it so much that it's just the way things are. And I think for those out there that are, are just on the fence, um, just, just know from Cassie's story that when you make one leap, the next leap comes, the next leap comes. It, I think it's when we say, all right, we get it universe. This place is not supporting our spirit. It's not, our spirit is unwell. We are out of balance. Mm -hmm. Spirits left the building in some cases. I know for my case, it was like, I'm just a zombie walking around doing this yeah. tour. Um, yeah. You know, ask yourself, do I want to live my whole life this way? You know, ask your, uh, I have the deathbed vision I recommend to people. Imagine mm -hmm. yourself on your deathbed and you're however long you want to live, 80, 90, 100 years old, maybe more. And you're looking back on your life. Would you regret not trying to, to take the leap or would you regret, you know, staying where you are and just really check in with that future self? And I think uh, that gives us the courage to say, mm -hmm. you know, heck yeah, we want to try something else or not. And then it's all, yeah. all choices are okay as long as it's a conscious choice. I think when we stay in places where we don't feel safe and where we refuse to look at it and, and, and do something better for ourselves and it, it makes it difficult. Our intuition kind of gets, gets quiet because it's yeah. like, you're not listening to me. So I'm not, I'm not going to show up anymore, you know? Well, and, and spirit gets quiet too, right? Exactly. Like you don't see, you don't see the connections to the universe the same way. And, and that's, yeah. and that's exactly how I felt, yeah. you know, and, and it's interesting to say, to hear you say that the deathbed comment, um, this injury that I, that I had, uh, in January led to an infection, a really severe infection. Um, and I was hospitalized for five days. And since then, I'm about six weeks out of that experience now. And since then, um, you know, there were three days or so that even though like from a physical, my body's going to be okay standpoint, my spirit, my brain, my everything did not believe that I was going to make it out of that hospital. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I felt like I was pretty much just checked out. It wasn't until the, the fourth day that I was in the hospital that I started thinking about my dogs again. And they're, you know, my, they're my babies. And the fact that I hadn't thought about them until then was just really telling to me. <laughs> and saying all that is just to say that I have come out of that experience with a lot of things. <laughs> but one of, one of the things that I'm the most excited about taking away from it is that the, this reckoning with mortality that I had has mm -hmm. really sort of removed so many of the, you know, I, I take leaps, but I'm also a business owner that is working towards, you know, all this, and I'm not taking the leaps that I need to take in some ways with that. Right. And, mm -hmm. and so this has really given me that opportunity to go, nothing else matters. Like I could have left this earth 
without singing this part of my song. And I know that the reason that I was put on this earth, the reason that I've dealt with all of the things that I've dealt with and grown through is so that I can help lead other people to, to have a different experience and to really help shift the consciousness around how we take care of ourselves. And so that's yeah. a purpose-driven life. Amen. So, <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned um, that self-doubt, um, fear of failure, um, feeling unworthy and not good enough has been something that's haunted you since childhood. And it sounds like, you know, this injury recently has also kind of <clears throat> brought you to a come to Cassie moment um, to really reckon with yourself. So would you mind if I drew, drew a few cards sure. for you today to kind of yeah. take a look at that and give you some some extra inspiration on that path. Yeah, I would absolutely love that. Thank you. Awesome. You're very welcome. So I've been shuffling while you've been talking, kind of absorbing that energy. Oh, let's nice. Take, let's take a look here. So um, there's definitely spots um, where kind of getting back into your heart space is is difficult and it takes definitely takes time to heal from some of these difficult things that you've been through. Um, but your journey is one of getting into the heart because when you're in the heart and you're heart driven, you're not in the self doubt and the, the mm. fears and the unworthiness. Um, and there is, you know, they say time heals all wounds, but it, it is a karmic, a deep karmic wound for, for most of us that struggle with that since childhood. You know, so as you grow and as you find your unique rhythm, um, you're going to be able to overcome that and, and find your personal power. So my biggest suggestion would be in in those moments where you're feeling that fear and that like maybe I'm not good enough or maybe I'm on the wrong track or maybe this maybe I should put up with somebody else's garbage for, you know, for a living. Um, <laughs> ask yourself whose voice that is that's saying that in your head. And I'm pretty sure it's it's not yours or it didn't originate with you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the more you can change the story around the way things didn't work out for you, the the more you're going to transform into who you want to be. But mm -hmm. that's that's the work that needs to be done now is, is is really going in. And it's a very shamanic process of of saying, all right, this is who I've been who, who you know, this is where I started this is who I've been because of that and and now I'm re I'm really ready and I think when you mentioned that kind of near-death experience of mm. being sick in the hospital and saying this is it I got to do it you're yeah. at the precipice of saying all right once and for all I'm not going to let those doubts and those fears get in get in my way anymore yep absolutely thanks spot on <laughs> all right good well it's my pleasure um this has been a wonderful conversation today and um where can people find out more about you and what you do if they're interested yeah absolutely thanks for thanks for the question mm -hmm. um you know the best way i think at this point to get in touch to, touch with me is social media that's the place that i'm the most active right now um cassie deardorff alexander you can find me as cassie alexander i think as well but um I got married a couple of years ago and I still kept the maiden name there so that it didn't get totally lost thank you um <laughs> uh other than that I've, I've got some uh, other pieces in the works and so I'll share with you and share with your audience as I as I uh, continue to grow the the uh, whole process out here awesome awesome well thanks so much for being here today sharing your light and your story I know it's going to be inspirational for many so really appreciate you yeah, thanks so much, Molly. This has been fabulous. I really appreciate you hosting.
Oh, you're welcome. And thanks, guys, for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.